Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Luke chapter 2, 15 through 21. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that had happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known to them, saying that it had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them into her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Hey everybody, Merry Christmas and uh, welcome. Really, really glad that you have joined us for Christmas Eve. Welcome uh, those of you at, our, at East Hall and those of you who are scattered around the building or tuning in online. Merry Christmas. All right, before I get to the message, I want to share a couple of just because stories. One of our traditions here at Christ Community Chapel is that we try to blanket this area with random acts of kindness and generosity leading up to Christmas. And we give those people that we do that random act of kindness for a card that says, just because, and they can respond and tell their story. Another one of our traditions is I get to read you some of those stories on Christmas Eve. Now, I chose two of the stories because of the timing and one story because of the creativity of the giver. So here are the stories for today. This is from Lynn in Macedonia. She says, I couldn't be more happy and grateful when I got the $20. I cried when I got this. I was shopping at Aldi's and it was left in my cart. I had surgery two weeks ago and was in the hospital for a week and I won't be able to work for a while so things will be tight. This showed me that there are really great people left in this world. Thank you. Good timing. All right. Rubina from Northfield says, I was off work early and needed a few things. I stopped at Mark's in Sagamore Hills and I was shopping. I turned my back for a few seconds. When I went back to my cart, I saw that somebody had blessed me. When I got in line uh, a few seconds later, I realized somebody blessed me again. I'd like to say that whoever did that, thank you so much. I lost my dad back in September and I always pray. And honestly, I believe this was a sign saying it's going to be okay. I always see videos on acts of kindness, but I never get one or thought this could happen to me. Once again, thank you. You touched me in more ways than you know. Okay, timing. Okay, this is for creativity. Corey writes, wow, we bought formula. Everyone knows the struggle with formula these days. It wasn't the brand that we wanted, but we had to settle with a different brand or whatever we can find. That in itself is stressful on top of a newborn baby, we got the formula home, and under the lid in a sandwich bag was $100, and it said, Merry Christmas. 
To whoever you are, if you are reading this, thank you. It's so nice to see the love and kindness is still out there. It gives you hope. We will definitely continue this. Thank you. All right, great job. I love that our church does this, that you guys jump in. Yeah, you can go ahead and plot. So thanks. All right, so this is the last uh, week of Advent, our last part of our Advent series. And we chose a passage that is probably the most familiar passage of the narratives of Jesus' birth. Uh, It's made familiar in large part to the Charlie Brown Christmas special because this is the passage that Linus quotes at the end of that. I love this passage. It starts with a message from an angel to some shepherds who were abiding in a field. I want to talk about that message. If you are here and you are visiting with us or you are a guest, you should know that whenever I speak, I always have three points. So here are my three points. Well, what's the message? Why that message? And how that message can change you today? What's the message? Why that message? And how that message can change really all of us? First, what's the message? The message begins with the angel saying to the shepherds, fear not, don't be afraid. When was the last time you had to tell someone not to be afraid? And how did you do it? What did you say? Let's say that I know that Tori Grubbs is uh, petrified of snakes. She is the one who sings right here. She's going to be out here after I get through, and she's going to sing again. But let's say I know she's really scared of snakes, and I just put this right here, right? When she comes out, if she starts to freak out and you want to try to help her, what will you say? Don't be afraid. Why? It's not real. It's a fake snake. It's a rubber snake. You always have to give a reason when you're going to tell somebody not to be afraid. Your child has a nightmare. You go into the room and you want to calm them down. You say, don't be afraid. It's not real. It was a dream. I'm here now. Daddy's here. Mommy's here. You always have to give a reason. The angel says, don't be afraid. And then the angel gives a reason. But the angel doesn't say, don't be afraid, I'm not going to hurt you. The angel says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. For unto you is born today a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And then the whole rest of the message is really directions on how to find that baby, that Savior. All the way until... That angel is joined by a multitude of other angels, and they cry out together, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. Peace. Peace is the opposite of fear. If you are soothing a child who's afraid, what you're trying to do is give them peace. If you are sitting with a friend who is anxious, what you are trying to do for your friend is give them peace of mind. Peace. So that's what the angel comes, and the angel says to the shepherds, listen, you don't have to be afraid, for there is someone coming, a Savior, who can give you peace. But why that message? Why that one for the shepherds? Why that message for us today? That brings me to my second point. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2, 
When God creates all that is, he creates Adam and Eve, the very first human beings, and he places them in a garden, in a paradise, to keep and to cultivate it. And in that place, there was no danger, no threat of any kind, no lack, no need unmet. Every longing you have deep down in your soul can be traced back to the garden. You're longing for a love that will last forever. You're longing for rest, real rest without worry. You're longing for healing and wholeness. You're longing for relief from pain inside and out. All those longings can be traced back to the garden. They're like echoes that every human being can hear. You can hear it right now if you try. It's like a pang, a desire for something that was lost. Because that peace in the garden was shattered in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve decide to rebel against God. And I use the word rebel instead of sin, because it wasn't just sinning. I say they rebelled because God created a whole grove of fruit trees Dozens, maybe hundreds of fruit trees. And he told Adam and Eve, I'm giving you all of these fruit trees. They're all yours now. You can have all the fruit. You can eat fruit anytime you want, all you want, anytime. But this one tree is my tree. Don't eat from the fruit of my tree. And Adam and Eve go right for God's tree. Right? That's not just sin. That's a coup. That's Adam and Eve saying to God, you don't get to make the rules for us. We will do what we want when we want to do it. Does that sound familiar? But the moment they do, something happens. And this is the way it's described in Genesis chapter 3. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid. There it is. For the very first time, human beings felt fear. And fear has been a part of the human experience ever since. Fear has been a part of your life for as long as you can remember. And as soon as Adam and Eve feel fear, they hide themselves and then they try to wrap themselves up in something that will help them cope with that fear. And we've been wrapping ourselves in things ever since. We wrap ourselves in, a, in success or a good job, and we hope that that good job or success will keep us secure. We wrap ourselves in relationship or in love or with our children or with our families, and we're sitting around some of the things that we wrap ourselves around, but it doesn't really work completely. It's almost like going out into the bitter cold like it is right now and taking a blanket and trying to wrap it around ourselves and feel warm. But you can't quite get warm all the way through. You still feel the chill, and we still feel a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety, if for no other reason, because we're afraid we might lose the thing that we wrapped ourselves up in because we know there are no guarantees and nothing lasts. 
And the angel comes to the shepherds and says, fear not, you don't have to be afraid. Instead, you can have peace. And that brings me to my third point, which is how this message can actually change you today. So the good news that the angel brings, the secret from moving fear, where fear can give way to peace, is that a Savior has come. Do you imagine a, a child at a carnival who wanders away from his mom, and he wanders so far away from his mom, and when he finally realizes that he's been separated from his mom, and he looks around and she's nowhere to be seen, and he realizes that he's lost, and the panic begins to build deep down inside of him until the fear is about to overwhelm him. All of a sudden, he feels his mom sweep him up into her arms and she holds him close and she says, it's okay. I'm here. I got you. That's what it feels like to have a savior. That's what it feels like to be saved. The angel says, fear not. You don't have to be afraid. Fear became part of the human experience in Genesis chapter 3 when we were separated from God and we've been trying to wrap ourselves in things ever since. And then Jesus comes and he says, I can give you peace at last. What Jesus is promising is not just to save us from our sin, but to also save us from the fear that's a result of that sin. Because what Jesus promises he can do is return you to the environment for which you were created. To instead of wrapping yourself around with different things that you find, being wrapped around by the very arms of God himself, being enveloped by the love of your creator. I told you last week about a story in Matthew chapter 9. It's a story of Jesus healing a man who was paralyzed. Before Jesus heals the paralytic, he says to the man, your sins are forgiven. And I said last week, I'm sure everybody who was there must have looked at Jesus and thought, okay, that's nice, but what about his legs? What about healing him so he can walk, right? And I couldn't shake it all week. I kept thinking about that. And what I thought is that for 2,000 years, that man has been experiencing paradise. He has been right smack dab in the environment for which he was created, where there, was, there is no danger and no threat and no lack and no need unmet. He is right smack dab in the middle of the love of God simply because Jesus said those words, your sins are forgiven. He thought he needed to be healed, but what he needed was a savior. Listen, this is what I want you to know. Whatever you are afraid of right now, whatever anxiety you have today or tomorrow or the next or the next, grab onto this, wrap this truth around you. It's like when Tori comes out and she sees the snake, you can shout out to her, you don't have to be afraid because you can give her a reason not to be afraid. Every time you are afraid from this day on, you can remind yourself you have a reason not to be afraid anymore. Because the angel said, fear not. 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. For unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Don't be afraid. Instead, be at peace. For a Savior has come for you. And his name is Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I come to you and I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that you did not give up on us when we turn away from you, when we have said to you, uh, you don't get to make the rules for us. We will do what we want to do when we want to do it. And all of us have done that at some point. And instead of giving up, you sent a savior for us. And I pray for every person here that we will know Jesus in such a way that we will not only trust him to live in our place and die in our place and resurrect so that we can be forgiven, but also that he will relieve us from the fear and anxiety we feel day to day. I pray that you will help us to remind ourselves that we don't have to be afraid because we have a Savior. And we pray this in his blessed name, in the name of Jesus. Amen.